Aaron, I want to tell you a story. Actually, I was hoping to tell you a story, too. Wait, hang on. Well, hear, hear me out. Here's my story. See, I am the kind of person, or was the kind of person, who always heard about anime. And yeah, I saw clips of it. I saw scenes of Dragon Ball Z online late at night when I stayed over at friends' houses. But I didn't have cable. And honestly, growing up, I didn't have internet either. And anime was not something you could watch on Saturday morning cartoons. And I guess, in hindsight, Yu-Gi-Oh! was an anime. But I don't consider it one, because I always viewed it as a kid as a Saturday morning cartoon. And it fit in that same kind of lineup for me. But there was a moment, something that got me to watch anime. And honestly, I think the thing that got me to start watching anime was this many years of seeing clips of Bleach. And I thought Bleach was the coolest thing ever. And I watched the first few seasons of it, and then I got to the stupid Bount arc, and I was like, <laughs> anime is not my thing. But the thing about anime, and the thing that got me to finally watch it, is there are many different types. And there are things that I didn't even know about the anime world, or kinds of anime that I didn't know existed. And one of those, the one that made me an anime watcher for life. Well, it had a certain name. And that's so funny to hear you talk about, because for me, I watched anime for years. Uh, ever since I was, like, I think nine or so. I found Dragon Ball Z, and I watched that. Sailor Moon, Inuyasha, all of that is just like a kid, and I watched them pretty regularly before bed and after school and all that. Though, admittedly, mindlessly. I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> uh, it wasn't until Toonami came into being that I really discovered the various anime that helped shape so much of my life. I could list all of the classics and go on and on and on, and they'll all probably get their own episodes eventually with me, but I want to focus on one in particular. Death Note. Obviously, as usual for Still Inspired by, spoilers ahead. Spoilers. Also, before we get into our topics, I find it fitting that our finale is Death Note. I recognize <laughs> that we planned this season for episodes, for, for this, we planned the season for many weeks, and we always knew it was going to end in Death Note, but I like the idea of ending it in Death Note. <laughs> okay, so I want to start with some context of how I personally watch Death Note, mm -hmm. and the answer is... I'm pretty sure this was in college, because I remember the site that I watched it on more than anything else. Were there hot single ladies in your area that wanted to meet you? No, there were not. <laughs> there was just lots of pirated anime. And I remember when I started watching anime first, I started, I think it was like my freshman or junior, freshman or sophomore year of high school, pro or of college, probably freshman. Um, and I found this website to watch it on because I didn't have a Netflix subscription or a Hulu subscription or anything like that. I don't even know if Death Note is on Netflix. I know they have the crappy movie. There's the movie? Yeah, it's shit. This isn't about the movie. No, this is about the anime. <laughs> and I 
um, was I found it on this website and I had been watching it. I'd been trying to watch other stuff. So like I tried to watch Inuyasha and didn't like that. I watched I the first judged. two seasons <laughs> of Bleach. And then I remembered why I stopped watching after two seasons of Bleach. Because it, it's like Supernatural, but condensed. In the fact that Supernatural has five, four good seasons, then a shit season. And then four good seasons, then a shit season. Bleach has two good seasons, then two shit seasons. And then two good seasons, then two shit seasons. I find it ironic that Bleach is the condensed one. <laughs> I know, right? Well, it's not condensed. It's condensed in the sense that, unlike Supernatural, which manages to go four whole seasons before getting a shit one... Bleach only goes two. And then it doubles the number of shit seasons it gets. Um, but something drew me to Death Note. And first off, I think one of the reasons I wanted to give context is not only did I watch it on this site, but I was sick and I watched it in one weekend. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't even know if it was a weekend. I think I had days off. But basically, I was confined to the couch. That couch. Um, and in my parents living room and i just put on headphones threw this laptop up across from me and i watched the entirety of death note in a single weekend and or a, like two days worth of time i think i was homesick and missed a bunch of classes and i was like i don't i don't feel up to doing anything but god damn it i can watch some anime and i was so hooked on death note that i could not stop <laughs> that was how i watched death note that may be why there are so many details that i don't remember because i'm pretty sure i had that's a flu. so crazy to me <laughs> but you just chewed through it all and especially that yeah you said college college two that's days so late it oh, actually wow. might have been senior year of high school still it may that's have late. been high school but yeah i didn't well and one of the reasons i didn't get into watching anime until much later is like i hinted at in the intro i didn't have cable i didn't have um i mean my parents didn't even get internet until high school and mostly only because we needed it for school projects. Right. Like, I had no way to watch anime. And it wasn't until I started thinking, like, how can I watch anime? I want to watch anime. That I started Googling how to watch anime online. <laughs> and then I started finding websites that you have You grab anime. your waifu pillow. Yes. <laughs> I don't have one of those, but I And would your have. Cheeto chopsticks. Yeah. Well, I... Okay, let's be real here. Chopsticks for eating Cheetos. I wish I'd known about that. And Doritos. I wish I'd known about that. So many it's just ago. it's just such a shame that you're eating Cheetos if you have to do them. If only chopsticks had some other ulterior purpose than Cheetos and, and Doritos. Yeah, weird. Like, maybe you could eat this strange food that I've heard of called... Jelly donuts sashi? are my favorite. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jelly donuts. Uh. I think it was too shy. That was oh my god! Chopsticks. Yeah, that one. Wait, am I so much, am I so much wrong? It wrong? <laughs> That's so funny. And like I said, I, I watched it with a tsunami. So I, I was straight up a TV kid, full, full. And I watched it like, uh, every every day I could catch it in high school was a new release, and I think it came on like Fridays or Thursdays, somewhere late in the week, and I died i loved it i think it came on pretty late too i think tsunami started at like 11 and i would stay up to like one just to catch it <laughs> that or big o and i didn't like big o at all uh so for me i caught it years at a time i was slowly catching and it was always the english port and i could have done what you did and probably found something online but i was a tech literate kid with a single computer in the house that was owned by a parent playing wow so <laughs> 
I got also to be clear i watched the dubbed i've never seen the subbed yeah that's actually all i watched too is the dubbed i'm sure the subbed is fine i'm actually a fan of sub more than dub at this point but you just can't you, you lose so much of the childhood nostalgia whenever you don't take a potato chip and don't eat it <laughs> <laughs> I take a potato chip. Yeah, I eat it. <laughs> it's such a stupid meme that I loved so much and still love. It's, it's a very nice experience for me, and it's very nostalgic. Cause it's not just me. My friends watch it, too. And there are other shows I'll mention. Uh, I think at the same time as uh, Death Note was Code Geass, and that was the other one that I loved. But that's like a super mecha... Very interesting at the time. That probably doesn't hold up after I go back and watch it, but it was interesting at the time uh, show that rivaled and was a very nice, uh, like, mystery kind of sleuthy pair for Death Note. And I always loved that I could watch them on the same night. So <laughs> I think it's interesting also that there, there's more we're going to get into later. Um, but I, I think it's interesting that just the way that we think of anime is heavily dependent on how we watched Death Note. Because mm -hmm. you think of anime as these ongoing series that you find and watch show at a time. But my first experience watching anime was Bleach, which I could binge, and Death Note, which I could binge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and when I think of an anime, every anime that I think of, I watched in like a week. Like, I binged all of Kill a Kill in, in order. I binged the first three seasons of My Hero Academia all at once because that was the first time I'd seen it. I binged all of Cowboy Bebop at once. I watched all of um, Blue Exorcist at once. Like, all of the anime that stuck out in my head that I remember... I watched in a matter of like two weeks. Uh, Attack on Titan. I watched all of the first two seasons. That's so. I very rarely had a chance to binge, and now I love binging. But I do notice that side effect where you said that you have trouble remembering stuff. I have some trouble remembering stuff. That's why I've watched Shirabako like three or four times. It's because I, I need to kind of go back and stare at it. Now I say that saying like I've never had a binge session with Death Note. I've never had a binge session with Death Note. Um, I tried it once probably like two years ago but it was not my first time i found a way to watch stuff online and i would just go back and was like i'll watch two episodes tonight i'll watch two episodes tonight i'll watch two and it was just like that and so it's very it's very nice <laughs> something my friends and i would actually really bond over they were all like naruto fans and i hated naruto <laughs> still hate naruto never seen it yeah exactly <laughs> uh i i do like the new series on what is it Oh no, sorry, it's not Naruto. It's uh, Boruto's dad. Uh, that's the that's the best anime. It's Boruto's dad. Now, <laughs> Boruto's uh, dad, yeah, <laughs> definitely wasn't called something else. He wasn't known for something before him. <laughs> so uh, just Boruto's dad. With Death Note, for me, it was very it, it was very sequential, and because it is that like mystery format. And for it, it, okay, we haven't even described what it really. We is. should talk about what. Yeah, let's talk is. about what that is really quick. So summary is: imagine if you're like notebook in school murdered people okay now going on uh well so <laughs> the premise of the show is this senior i think he's a senior in high school at the start of the show um he's a smarty he's a super smart guy but more specifically and the thing that you need to know about the show is this guy's kind of fucked up even before he gets the notebook um but he has a plan for what he would do to criminals and he thinks like criminals deserve to die regardless of what they do they deserve to die and he thinks that in the pilot so you see that in the pilot and you're like you're kind of fucked up kid um <laughs> and then he finds a death note and in this show death note a death note is a notebook it has some number of pieces of paper in it um and they are owned any, by a death god yes a shinigami Mm -hmm. 
And any name written in the death note will die. And you can get specific with it. You can write the name and the cause of death and the person will die of that cause of death if it's possible. Yep. So if you name something impossible, they'll do their darndest to do it and then die of a heart attack in two hours. They always die within two hours. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, even instances where they express just how it has to be feasible, like a prisoner dying in prison of a heart attack whenever it was written that he goes to Paris and dies on the Eiffel Tower, you know, stuff like yeah. that. Well, and I think it's like it's also important to know, like, it has very specific rules, and the show spends several episodes setting up and explaining what the rules are. I think are. it's every transition, too. Every commercial break, they show you some of the rules, and then coming back, they show you the next set of rules, and I thought that was a really cool thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I also just like the fact that they... Because I think... And, and spoiler alert, I don't have points when I was thinking about this episode, because this... I could not remember all of Death Note, but Aaron had a lot of points, and so I'm thinking about her points. I'm a nerd. (laughs) And I have now thought of stuff. And one of the things that I love about this show that I actually recognize in my own writing and in the things that I enjoy is this show sets up rules for itself, and it sticks to them. Oh, yes. It sets them up early, so you never see anything unexpected. And it consistently follows them, so you're never left sitting there like how the did they do that? And I think that's important because there's a lot of shows that fall victim to kind of just like, you always see it like bleach does this. A lot of shows um, that are more focused on like the ridiculous, like fantasy, like that, you know, the shows I'm talking about, it's like bleach um, (laughs) where they, you feel like they're pulling stuff out of their ass. Like they're just making it up as they go along and death note stands out and, and, most of my favorite anime kind of follow this where they have this defined world and they follow those rules. Yep. I think that was one of the coolest things for me is because like I said, a lot of my experience before this, I think the anime that I actually watched the most, like, and paid the most attention to was Dragon Ball. And uh, Dragon Ball Z has that issue of it's power creep. Everybody knows it. It's the reason, it's one of the reasons, Goku goes Super Saiyan once he's an adult and all that and goes all crazy and then, oh, we can beat Frieza with this. Oh, crap. Now we have to find something stronger than Frieza. Well, what about Cell? Well, he's got, like, lots of forms and each one's more stronger than the last so they all have to get, like, super stronger and go to the hyperbolic time chamber and go through it. It's just... It got really bad because the rules of the world were never set in stone really and they kept changing them once they were and with death note they give it all right up front and i think a lot of good shows do this i think full metal alchemist does this too where they just set the rules of the world and he's like here's what happens now play (laughs) yeah oh full metal alchemist is another good example of this of writing the rules and sticking to them literally the first episode and i think every episode starts out with the laws of equivalent exchange speech that goes on so i think it's really cool yeah and death note stands out for that and i think that not to steal your thunder of your points but i think that kind of plays into what i know is your first point and what i would have picked as my first point of this anime if especially when viewed from the perspective of someone who's not familiar with the genre right like if i said death note stands out as an anime unlike any other anime i imagine someone who's been following anime for decades could tell me I'm wrong and point to a bunch of other examples. For example, if you had told me an anime like Shirobako, which follows a group of people actually making anime existed, I would have told you, from my knowledge of the genre as a kid, 
Um, that was impossible. Anime didn't do that. And so I, I think it's important to point out that this anime probably isn't that far outside of the genre. But from the perspective of someone like me, when I first saw it, it was a breath of fresh air. It was something that I'd never seen before in anime. It told a story that was dark. It told a story that followed a very different kind of plotline than I was familiar with. It wasn't a hero's journey. The main character was the villain. Um, and it told a very nuanced story. It told, it asked the questions of what would you do for justice? What do you consider justice? Um, and it asked all these dark questions in a setting and a style that was just as dark. It also stood out because it was set in the real world with the one exception being the Shinigami. Um, turns out this is kind of like urban fantasy and urban fantasy is my favorite genre. It is the mixing of magic, but setting it in the real world. And that is what Death Note does. It has one magical element, which is the Shinigami and the Death Note. Um, and then everything else follows the rules of our normal world. And that makes it so much easier to connect with because you see your world in this anime. Yep. And I, I want to hit back on that first point where we were talking about that fresh air breath. I had literally never in my life seen modern media in any way, shape, or form. A movie, I never read a modernized character novel. I, I stuck with pretty basic stuff like Harry Potter and Hunger Games where the protagonist in the story is, uh, well, the hero. They're the good guy. They're the one working to solve the problems of the bad world. And Death Note's not that. Uh, I, I in genuinely, my naive little 14-year-old brain, not knowing a damn thing about this show, saw the first episode where Light picks up this notebook and says he's going to become Justice and thought he was well-intentioned. <laughs> yes, I had the exact same thought. In fact, even up until the ending, I was like, no, Light's the good guy. <laughs> and I think that's another thing that this show deserves praise for, is I had spent so long assuming that the character we followed was the hero. And don't get me wrong, I recognize there are not every story is like that. But I didn't know that as a kid. And as a kid watching this, or I guess as a stupid college freshman or high school senior or whatever, I had for so long watched and read and enjoyed media that was only the hero, right? There was a hero and you played as the hero or you watched the hero or you followed the hero. And the concept of a show following the villain broke my brain <laughs> because I wanted to like light. And I think that's the point of the show. You're supposed to want to like light. Like the show very much frames him as the protagonist. You follow him. You kind of root for him in the first mm -hmm. season. And then he goes off the fucking rails in the yep. second season. And you still want to root for him, but you know you shouldn't. Mm -hmm. And it's impressive the way that it toys with you. And that's... I have a big love for a lot of anti-hero stories now where uh, you have... I mean, in a way, you have the Infinity War series where it's more about Thanos than it is about the Avengers well, in there. specifically, Infinity War is Thanos' movie. Yeah, and... In Infinity War, Thanos is the hero, and he, quote or, he is the one we're following. He's the protagonist. Exactly. And uh, in Breaking Bad, you get the same stuff, and I fucking loved Breaking Bad, and I got to watch it live. Like, that was amazing. Uh, but first time I ever saw a story where we're not supposed to be rooting for the bad guy or for the main guy, it was Death Note. And uh, with Light, I say 
wasn't well-intentioned. I don't... What I love about the show is that you get to genuinely ask that question yeah. the entire way through. And I think it asks it from episode one literally up until a final scene. Um, and with episode one, we have Light, who sees a bunch of injustice going on in the world, and injustice to him are innocent people dying, and the people who know people and have money and can do whatever they want getting away with murder and whatever and his dad is a cop but he's a good cop and he can see how it's like affecting him and how he wants to be like his dad and then what i love about the show is just kind of how ridiculous light is he picks up this fucking death note and sees a goddamn towering monster staring at him going hey (laughs) (laughs) and just kind of rolls with it like i mean he does freak out a little bit but he just like goes that's a death note write somebody's name in it and they die <laughs> he's like what so what it's like here's all the rules he goes over it you use it you get cursed and you'll eventually become a shinigami or have your soul eaten by lizards or something um and just goes through the whole thing he's like oh with this i could like stop the thing that i want i could actually stop the bad guys and kill the people who are getting away with things and the people who got life in prison that i think should die i can be the hero <laughs> And he literally starts going mad, like, from that point forward. Yeah. And before this, Light is a totally charismatic, absolute stellar kid, uh, very popular with just about everybody around, is basically already working for the police force, despite the fact he's still in high school, just because he's such a good working kid, and his dad is also in a position of power, and his dad is a good working person, too, and the whole family's just a real happy, loving family, except for Light. (laughs) So I think this is one of the interesting things about Death Note, and you can actually see this in my own writing, is it's the show that made me question the idea of the ends justify the means. And when I say you can see this in my own writing, I had this experience recently that actually led to the current version of the novel that I'm working on, where I went back and reread my novel and was like, holy fuck, my main character kills a lot of people. And it's like, kills a lot of people and then gets celebrated for it. And... In many ways, that is how Light viewed himself. He viewed himself as, yes, I'm killing people, but I am saving the world to do it. Mm -hmm. The ends justify the means. And by the end of the show, you realize how wrong that is. Or maybe you don't realize it, but you start to question it. Because the show proposes the idea that someone who is doing something good in a way that is horrible is a villain. And... There is, I think, no arguing that Light is a villain. But if you step back from that, it's, it's in much the same way that if you think about, like, you know, if someone says, you're doing this, let me compare it to this crazy thing over here. Can you not see how those are similar, right? How one can extrapolate mm-hmm. to the other. And all of a sudden you start to extrapolate, like, if you use the, the idea of ends justify the means, you inevitably get to Light, to a person who is just going to kill somebody because they did one thing wrong because that's how they view it. The end justifies the means. And watching this show made me question that. Mm -hmm. And I can see it when I look at my own writing. I can go back and look at the things that I wrote, all of which I wrote before I got into anime. And the more that I read them, the more they horrify me. In the sense that it's like, I guess horrify is too strong of a word because I just... They more horrify me for their terrible grammar and like bad <laughs> formatting and bad pacing and 
bad characterization and bad descriptions, but it stands out to me how much my morality has changed. And I think in some ways, Death Note has a piece in that. Because I, again, I remember at the mm -hmm. end of Death Note thinking like, Light was the character that I cared the most about. And that bothered me. Right. And that that is actually something... I, I'm going to just jump around on mine a little bit here because that is just too perfect of a transition to start talking about those philosophical questions that they ask. I, I don't remember if I ever saw this directly quoted in some video talking about this show or if I'm just thinking... I'm sure it's a quote from somewhere, but Death Note is in itself a question that it never answers. And I love that. You see Light going through this whole ordeal of going like, I'm going to be the moral one. I'm going to be the one who decides what justice and morality gets to be. And he builds a fucking religion around himself. Literally starts a character named Kira. Mm -hmm. Killer. Uh, and goes, literally gets followers. People in the police start following and believing and praying to him as this god, this deity who is bringing justice, and then you have the other people going like, this isn't a god, this is a murderer, this is something going on. And I think you get a lot of that, you know, back and forth play. You get the followers like Misa. You get the antagonist, quote-unquote, good guys like L and N, uh, who are there to kind of catch Kira and go through this whole thing. And then you get the people who are the and I'm going to say this without being slash our enlightened centrism, uh, you get the people in the middle who are like, I don't fucking know, and there's just too much stuff going on, what's going on? Like Matsuda, who is honest to God my favorite character, because he's just so wholesome and genuine and just such a good, like, you're both being stupid right now, and you're both being evil, can you stop just for, like, a second? And he's talking to, like, both sides and he's like well on one side you know kira is killing the people that we don't have the power to touch but are known as guilty and then on the other side he's like but he can't know for sure like he's making just judgments based off of his perception of things and then it gets to a point where he even starts just flat out killing innocent people because they're in the way mm -hmm. and that goes on and on and I'm gonna just talk about the spoiler. What I love about it, and where the, that philosophical question of what is morality actually comes into play the most, is the very final scene. And god damn, it's so emotional. Uh, there's. I still remember this scene. There are so many details that I forget from watching this show while addled by the flu. Mm -hmm. But this, I cannot forget. There's there's lots of copycats going through here and there. There's some corporate dude who eventually gets a death note, and then he gets killed. And then there's Misa Amane, who is the love interest, and then things happen with her. And then there's somebody like uses as a love interest, and she goes away too. And then there's... I don't even remember the middle dude's story once we get into the end arc, because I was honestly stupid and, like, 17. But <laughs> uh, I, all of this back and forth, who is this good or bad? There's copycats. Is it okay to kill the copycats that they're doing things similar to them? And whatever. It comes down to the final scene where they know it's light. They know 100% for a fact that light is Kira. And they found ways to prove it. They absolutely have it guaranteed. And it's Matsuda pointing a gun at him. This man, Matsuda at this point has built a very strong relationship with Light. And he's going there, what the hell was this all for? 
What, why, why did you all do this? What was the point of all of this? And he even brings up, there's a point in the episode where he kills his own dad for this, for his Kira persona. Yeah. He literally goes through, if we say he starts killing innocent people, his dad doesn't do a damn thing wrong. Not at all. I mean, he's got some bad things here or there, but it's not what the quote-unquote Kira justice movement does. It's, I'm catching my son as a serial killer wrong in his eyes kind of thing. And there's so much play between here and there. And that question is never really answered. What the hell was it all for? And Light, in a sense, gets away. Several bullet wounds in his chest. He tries to draw. He has a piece of parchment that he kept in his watch. And he tries to write Matsuda's name on it as he kind of goes through it. And Matsuda shoots him. He's a fucking good shot. (laughs) And Light runs away dies on the stairs bleeding out and the camera pans up slow zoom blah 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 you see ryuk and i think he actually gets his death note back in his hands and he well and i think flies ryuk away. talks to light like hmm? I, I th- oh I, yeah i remember him saying something to light the thing that stuck out so much to me about this scene with light is that again that idea of what was it all for light spent the whole series thinking he was a god or having people think he was a god and he dies in some crappy industrial park in just on some fucking stairs. A warehouse like stairs. Anybody step. else. He dies a nobody. And I thought again, like this show ends and it doesn't answer any questions. It doesn't give you any resolution. The character you've been following as the quote unquote protagonist is dead. And He's dead in a meaningless way. And he's dead without answering for his crimes. And he's dead after having tried to kill his close friend and after having killed so many innocent people, as well as a bunch of guilty people. And he's dead after the only good hero in the story, L, he kills. Like, he gets, he doesn't get away with anything, but he doesn't answer for anything. And I remember finishing this show and, and seeing the ending and just feeling empty. Because you don't get any answers or closure. And I think that's the point. <laughs> yeah, I, I would fully agree with that. Like, it's such a... It is an exploration. These these two guys who kind of wrote through this and did this whole story. I mean, it's, it's a cool idea. What if I became best friends with the god of death and could kill people with writing their names down? It also spawned a lot of dangerous things that people take in the real world because they can't separate reality so don't have a death note please don't never (laughs) bad idea i worked in a school and we saw way too many of those (laughs) because of this show so but it's such a just intense intense mature story and that was one of the things that i loved about it the most is Anime was either, for me, a romance plot with Inuyasha or some dumb fighty-fighty smashy yell with DBZ or some variation here and there. And I mean, in a sense, Code Geass is a lot of fighty-fighty smashy yell too. It gets really weird. But Death Note was the first one that made me fucking think. I yeah. was rooting for Light and didn't know he was the bad guy. And then I started going like, I kind of fucking hate him. I kind of hate him. I kind of really hate him. Like, going through this whole thing. And it just was this 
interesting transformation for me. I genuinely stopped watching the show for a bit because I didn't like Light. I never stopped liking Light, and then I got to the end and was like, oh god, what kind of person am I? (laughs) (laughs) And I think, like, the, the point you just hit on there is is perfect this show broke my expectations of anime i had only ever seen anime in two contexts which was bleach or as part of my saturday morning cartoons i didn't consider it a genre that could tell a story that could make me think i didn't think about it as something that could have such interesting points and have such incredible elements of style and these things that it did in the way that it did them I, in some ways, didn't view it as an art form, which is ironic because it is literally moving art. <laughs> um, but I really didn't because of the ways that I'd consumed it as a kid growing up. And seeing Death Note and seeing the the story that it told and the way that it told it and the questions that it raised. And there's more to get into as well. Like, there's stuff to talk about with the visual style and the way it's so dark. Um, the way that light progressively gets more monstrous without actually getting more monstrous. Just visually, because, like, he starts to develop red eyes, and by the end of the show, he he looks in some ways like a Shinigami. Um, and I think, like, it does all these visual tricks as well as all of these well-written narrative tricks to get you to think and without ever... F- forcing it down your throat like it's not the kind of thing where it's like huh look at this moral question you better think about this and it never says it blatantly yep and all of those things wrapped together in a story that i'd never seen before told in a way that i'd never thought it could be told and that is the thing that made me fall in love with anime because Mm -hmm. death note ignited a love for anime for me some animes are now animes. Oh my god, did I just say that? Anyway. Some animus. Animus. Some, there there are many anime that are my favorite shows of all time now. In fact, of the six posters that I have hanging in my living room, half of them are anime. Um, You're welcome for one of them. <laughs> yes, thank you for one of them. <laughs> um, there is so much to this genre that I have discovered because of Death Note. Mm-hmm. And I still love things that nowadays would be like the modern day versions of Bleach. It helps that they're much better because like My Hero Academia. Is, Shonen's. Yeah, Shonen's. Like, My Hero Academia is way better than Bleach. But <laughs> I like I still like that kind of genre. But there's also these things that I love like Cowboy Bebop and like Death Note that tell stories in a very different way. Mm-hmm. And... If it were not for Death Note, I would never have seen any of them. Yeah. And I, I you mentioned something about visual style, and I want to come to that in a bit. But the plot points and the questions it asks and the mystery and stuff in that is what I really want to focus on now is the writing. Oh, and, my God. And, yes. and the fact, we talked about the visual setting. It is a modern fantasy. Is that the right term for me? Urban, Urban fantasy. fantasy. Urban fantasy. Where it is literally modern day. I think it actually takes place like in the year it was released, which is like 2004 or something like that. Yeah, I think it does. And uh, might the, be 2009. Yeah, 2009 sticks out. In my the head, the only thing that is magical are the Shinigami, the gods of death. They have death notes because they steal their life in the afterlife from humans. That is why people die. Is because Shinigami get people to a certain age, or they don't. Maybe they're dicks and they write their name. They die. And the Shinigami gets whatever's left of their expected life total back onto their life. And Ryuk got really bored of that. So Ryuk, the magical 
amazingly sarcastic and sassy death god, takes his death note, gives it to a human, even though he's not really supposed to, uh, and just has fun with it. And he... And that is really the only magic. There's one bit of, like, magic that is introduced later in the series with uh, Misa. And Misa, I still think Misa's, like, season one. Like, she's really... The, the girlfriend... She's introduced in season one. Yeah, she's really early on. The only thing you don't really get from the get-go is that Shinigami have special Shinigami eyes that can see the number of years left on a person, and they can gift that to people. Well, and they can, they can also see um, the names of the person, which yes, is the critical part for the death note. And uh, you have to know their real name. Like, yeah. the name they actually go by... Not an alias kind of thing. Their legal yeah. god, whatever name. I think, like, true name is the concept the show is going yes, for. Yes, that's it. And that's why L goes by, well, L. Hell, I don't know L's name. Uh, after L's name. Kira at some point learns L's name. Yes, and it's a very dramatic scene and all that. Blah, blah, blah. But um, the Shinigame can gift you their eyes if you give them half of whatever's left of your life. And Light finds ways around using that, hence using Misa. But that's the only thing that is not set up from the get-go. And I think Ryu may have even mentioned that in the first talk. I think talk, Ryu can set it actually, within the first few episodes. But we don't ever see it in action until much later. Um, the whole idea of, I don't know, gods of death walking around in the modern day just blew my fucking mind. Because my favorite anime at the time was Full Metal Alchemist, a kind of like 1940s-ish world that's an allegory for World War II, if you ask the people who did the Funimation uh, fill-out before the manga was done. Uh, the Dragon Ball Z, which is totally just out-there fantasy, and Code Geass, which is super futuristic Gundam fighters with mystery and god powers and stuff like that. And there wasn't just like a everyday, every, everyday world. Normal cars, normal boots. Weirdest technology is the watch thing like had. <laughs> like, it's... And, and the mini-TV. I legitimately wanted the little mini-TV that he hides inside the uh, potato chip bag. I thought that was a thing I could get. And then I found out that it was, like, $500. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> it was a thing I could get, though. Like, uh, it was amazing. And I've never... I never got to see it like that. It got me playing with some ideas in my head. And I'm not as much of a writer anymore. I try to do comics. I try to do manga or whatever and i try to write stories every now and then but that idea of a modern fantasy never really leaves me i think that's part of why i actually kind of liked kiki's delivery service as much as i did because yeah, i was like yeah it was good which is in like a modernish setting that's cool you know and and it's just a very nice setting for me that really inspires me to kind of create and draw and create and write um it's it's something that was, well, Death Note was a lot of fresh ta tastes for me. Fresh breaths of fresh air, I should say, that changed my tastes. And that modern fantasy setting is, well, it's not my 100% preferred. I don't know if I have 100% preferred, but it is certainly on my favorites list, period. And I think Death Note plays a lot into that, because I got to explore that, again, kind of idea of escapism. You know, I depressed kid going through a whole bunch of dysphoria and other issues it's kind of nice to imagine a fantasy world where there's some kind of magic going around that you just don't know about yet that might come to you eventually it's another reason i like harry potter and so i i like that idea of an urban fantasy 
So, and you you also touched on the visual art style. Yeah, the style is fantastic. <laughs> I like to draw. <laughs> I she like, does. I, like I can to, confirm. I like to draw and paint. I have two sketchbooks to my right uh, right now. And actually sitting, I, sorry, I have two on my right, one right in front, two right in front of me, and one of them is filled out. Uh, <laughs> I, I like to draw quite a bit. I did the logos for our podcasts. They're great. Yeah, I don't know about that, but they're there. They're uh, great. <laughs> and she did them. And I like to sketch things for friends and stuff like that. And the anime art style was always like a goal for me. While I didn't want, I didn't start even slightly attempting to draw because of Death Note, I actually tried to draw Edward Elric, and it sucked. Uh, so I stopped after that. But I, I loved Death Note's style. It is a very gritty, dark, serious, semi-realistic anime face, if that is even possible to be a thing. I'd almost describe it as noir. Yeah, that's a good idea. In some ways, it, it is basically elements, a noir thing. Yeah, in some ways, the visual elements have callbacks to noir. It's very dark, um, like you said, very gritty. Um, the most color you get is often from reds. I uh, believe the story goes that when they drafted the original name and the manuscript, the only color pen that the artist had was a red pen. And so he did everything else in his usual G pen. And I was like, I just have red ink, so... Ryu's gonna eat a red apple and that'll be my only color in this <laughs> oh speaking of uh, I want to go off of the visual style and kind of take it back just a hair what I love about the writing so much in this and is that they do modern day problems and modern day mystery using the magic very effectively so in ways that don't feel complete and utter bullshit until you kind of get to the Misa, Mane, Forgetty bit I felt that was a little bullshit but then they explain it and it's not bullshit but I like that. And you can't do that without the visual art style. Her, M Misa's Shinigami coming out from the shadows and then seeing Elle's name was fucking bonkers to me. I don't remember that scene, but it sounds cool. It's where Misa's uh, Shinigami actually dies because they're not supposed to interfere with their human's life or do anything that will extend a human's life. And Light sets up this huge, elaborate, and I mean goddamn like seven episode long elaborate trap where the only possible way the shinigame who is absolutely and i mean literally absolutely in love with misa uh the only way that misa doesn't die at all is for the shinigame to sacrifice itself step in and kill somebody the person who's going to pull the trigger or person who's going to be the one to do it and he gets two birds with one stone and that one he gets to actually fake his innocence it's a whole thing two he gets to take out the other shinigami who could cause real problems for him if that death note goes out three he gets his followers still alive four he gets their death note <laughs> more pages <laughs> so it, it ends all of that is just beautifully interlinked you never whenever i mean when you fucking see ryuk just that black just black white fear he looks like a goddamn halloween mask it's amazing yeah. and terrifying the entire way through but i love it i but we've gotten a little bit individual style but i want to jump back because i mm -hmm. realize i'm the fucking writer and i didn't say anything about the writing <laughs> but please, i please. want to mention some things about the writing that i found incredible and i guess i did hit on some of it just in the ways that it asks you moral questions mm -hmm. 
But I want to also talk about how this is a mystery that you know the answer to. Yeah. Because... In a lot of ways. If you think about the show and the framing of the show, you already... The, the big, like, overarching plot line is the good guys, which, keep in mind, are not the protagonists of this show. <clears throat> the good guys are trying to catch Kira, a.k.a. Light. But you already know who that person is. You know from the outset who the killer is. And it is a mystery show. It is a show about trying to solve a mystery, but it flips the idea on the head. And you are constantly... The things you are constantly stressing about in the show and the things that Light is constantly trying to solve are ways to avoid getting caught. Like you hinted at, he's coming up with these elaborate schemes to prove his innocence and, you know, to, to show that he's not the killer and to set it up that he can operate while still doing his job, quote-unquote, as Kira. Yeah, by the way, he uh, completely leads the own investigation into himself at some yep. point. He's involved <laughs> in the investigation and one of the lead investigators into his own crimes, which is a fabulous way to set up the, the plot because, of course, a character like Kira is going to want to be involved. Um, and it's just like, I find that incredibly interesting because so many times when you read or or watch or play through a murder mystery or a murder or just a mystery story, the mystery is on the whodunit, right? It is like trying to solve who did the crime. And I love the idea that Death Note is a mystery show that flips that. You know who did it, and the question becomes, how does he get away with it? Yep. Um, it's that really is, good. That is exactly so what I love about all those shows that I mentioned. The the Obviously, Death Note, but Breaking Bad. That's what I fucking loved about Breaking Bad was that Oh, there's no way he gets the fuck out of this. There's no... Okay. Okay, now there's no way. Okay, now there's... And it just... That is Death Note incarnate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and it's it's a fabulous take on it. I definitely think... I haven't seen Breaking Bad, but I've heard enough about it to say that if you like Breaking Bad, you will probably like Death Note. I have seen both Death Note and Breaking Bad multiple times, and I can say if you like one, you're very likely to like the other. Yeah, I need to watch Breaking Bad. Yes, you do. <laughs> um, for many reasons. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I think the writing, and, and we touched a lot on some other elements of the writing, but like the, the, again, the way it asks moral questions and it never really answers them, and the way the ending feels so perfect with the show, but still leaves you that hollow, I want to know more feeling, the writing is fantastic. And even if the show looked awful, the writing alone could salvage it. And granted, I recognize that this is an anime adaptation of a manga, so I guess the manga's writing is really good. Yeah. But, like, the show adapts it very well. The manga's writing is very good. The artist is very good. Hint, they also have a manga about making manga called Bakuman. And I love the hell out of it. <laughs> They're the same people. I knew that, yeah. <laughs> you were giving me a look. <laughs> no, the look I was giving you is I'm going to let you talk because I don't know anything about Bakuman. <laughs> Aside from what you've told me about. It's okay. I'm not going to go off because this is not a Bakuman episode. I'm still reading it, actually. Um, but, God, it's... So fucking good. Same people who did Death Note. Uh, but what I love about it is that they totally just like, man, that Death Note's great, huh? And whenever they're going through <laughs> through various pages, it's like in the whole first chapter they mention, or first uh, first volume they mention it twice, going like, oh, this is really good. It's like that art from Death Note. Oh, oh this plot is really good. It's like that writer from Death Note. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and I just love little things like that. So, Bakuman's good in its own sense. It's funny and cute and awesome, and it's it's kind of like a shonen, but about writing manga and i recommend it but 
just unrelated you, you will if you are a death note fan you will like the little nods to death note because it's literally the same people <laughs> yeah i'm a death note fan and i like little nods to death note, so there all right athena i think that is everything i possibly have the energy to talk about today yeah and i i think we hit on everything i think i just want to end with for me without death note i would not be an avid anime fan i might not watch anime at all or at least i would have you would have had to have introduced me to a lot more anime <laughs> i may never have seen kill a kill which would be so sad um, there's also a lot of elements of my own writing that I find in Death Note. This idea of asking questions, um, that maybe you don't get the answer to, um, the idea of setting up a world that has very defined rules that you need to follow, um, the, just the way that it tells its story and the way that it weaves mysteries, even though you know the answer to those mysteries, and then just its setting and its visual style, all together, Death Note's the reason I watch anime. It's the probably one of the reasons i write it's one of the reasons i'm, I'm so interested in creating stories mm -hmm. um and even if i don't necessarily think of it when i'm thinking of what are the things that directly inspired me i can see the elements of it that have permeated their way into just how i think about culture how i think about myself how i think about my writing um and the media i consume yeah and I feel like I can say the same. Uh, Death Note, for me, it, it wasn't the sole factor. But I gotta say, if each of these little key animes I've mentioned previously are, like, tires, Death Note is definitely one of those tires on that car that got me to where I am today. You know, without it, I wasn't going anywhere. Uh, the complexity of the story for somebody who's never really gotten into mystery, the most I had was, what, is it Detective Conan? And I watched, like, I don't know, three episodes of that, and it's a kid's show. <laughs> uh, but Death Note was complex. It was mature for what I was. It was more mature than I was, and it helped me mature up a little bit, too. And a lot of my art and my desire to create art purely comes from the time when Death Note was one of the biggest factors in my life. You know, I wanted to have a notebook that was a Death Note, but I also got told not to do that because of the issues of people having their own actual Death Note list, and it turned into very dangerous things. And the art style still to this day inspires me. I, I look at some of the beautiful fucking panels that go through. I was actually watching a, uh, a video at lunch today about some professional manga artists, and they had, I, if I remember right, they mentioned it, but the style was just like, that looks like, a scene out of Death Note because it was a semi-realistic anime. It had very dark. You said it. It was noir. They mentioned that term. It, it, it's a very noir anime, and I hadn't ever fucking seen that. I'd seen bright and flashy and sweet and cute and romantic, but this was a deep, gritty style that was just so influential to me. I still, to this day, kind of strive to have that kind of quality. So while Death Note isn't a sole driver, it is one of the absolute key ones in a lot of why I create, what I create, and how I do it. And that's why I'm still inspired by Death Note. I think it's why we're still inspired by Death Note. All right, before we get to our outro, which I expect you're expecting to hear shortly, and you will, uh, let's talk about the end of the season. So this is it. This is the end of the first season of Soul Inspired By. I hope you enjoyed it. 
I know I enjoyed getting to make it with with you, Aaron. And I enjoyed making it with you. (laughs) So hopefully you all enjoyed it. Um, This show will be on about a three-month hiatus. Um, For those of you who found this show on your own and are listening to this show without any knowledge of our other show, wow, you're like probably one of two people. Um, For real, though. (laughs) Congrats. Uh, Thank you. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, But we do another show, and that other show is called Transistor Radio. Um, we have, I think, what, three seasons of it? and Or two seasons of it, and we're getting ready for a third. Yeah, we uh, actually build a bunch of radios. We do, yeah. And no. uh, we fight them to the death. <laughs> we do, yes. With, uh, well, you'll have to find out. <laughs> Next time on Transistor Radio. No, actually, it's a show about trans people and trans doctors. We're, we're, we're trans women. Trans women. And it's a trans fun. That it's Aaron a trans do. sister radio Uh, Um, (laughs) so let's talk about what that looks like so this episode feed is going to get one more episode in it after this and that's going to be the first episode of transistor radio season three there will be links in that show's description to the actual feed um if you've never heard it hopefully you'll come along and listen to it and if you've enjoyed this hopefully you'll come back when we do our next season so keep an eye out for that it's going to be about three months um, and just but, like uh, just like this, there is no need for any sequential listening. If you see one you want to pop in and listen to, that is exactly how that show is structured. And same way yep. with this one. So <laughs> exactly, you don't need to listen to any of them. To like any one of them, you can listen to whichever ones you want. So with that, um, that's the end of this season. We hope you've enjoyed it. There will be a one-week hiatus. There's not going to be any episodes from us next week. Um, so. We'll see you not next week, but the week after with Transistor Radio, season three. Broadcasting everything trans. Yeah, season three. It's so soon. But with that, still inspired by is a story thus far network podcast. You can email us thoughts about the show, topic ideas, or anything else that you want to discuss at staff at storythusfar.com. If you want to see other things we've made, you can come check out our website at www.storythusfar.com. You can also find us on Twitter at @storythusfar or on Facebook at facebook.com/storythusfar. And if you'd like to connect with our community, you can find us on Reddit at r/storythusfar and on Discord, which we'll have links to in the description. Thank you for listening to this season of Still Inspired by. Join us next season when Aaron and I tell you about a whole lot more things that inspire us. Probably more anime for me. Sorry. Yeah, and also uh, probably for me. I expect the first episode you're going to hear. Granted, it's three months from now, but. There's going to be this little thing about this, you know, person who used to fly and her love of a very loud gun. See you in three months. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Toodles. of this episode if it'll really make people think that i've done that for every episode so far and they've just missed it so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna leave this <laughs> yeah weird i also wonder if anyone will ever figure out what my hint at was for this episode i know what you were reading and i don't know what your hint was <laughs> teasers teasers <laughs> it's gonna be 
a cacophonous good time. Oh my god. Toodles! There's nothing after the credits, it's just this one. Bye!